Hi, Judy. <laughs> Judy Charlotte. Thomas is, uh, is a Newtown resident and she is my friend. I am so happy that you agreed to join the Choose Love podcast today in celebration of National Autism Awareness Day. I know from my conversations with you that you are a huge advocate for autism. Um, we spoke with Lyle, who is your son, who has autism. And so you have really been in this struggle for for many years now as, uh, as Lyle's sole advocate. And, uh, and you've gained a lot of experience. Um, you've advocated on so many levels for rights for kids with autism. And, uh, and so I just wanted to kind of talk with you about it today, have a conversation. Um, people that are listening are going to want to be helping you to make positive change and, and maybe not quite sure what needs to be done. Yep. It's, it's a long, it's been a long, long road. Uh, it's, we, I started off, he was diagnosed at five. Uh, we were in the Stratford school systems. Um, and he, I had him diagnosed through uh, Yale New Haven privately. Um, and he was diagnosed with um, pervasive developmental disorder, which is on the autism spectrum. Okay. Uh, so, and, and in Stratford schools, they wouldn't give him a one-on-one -on -one aid. And I could totally see that he was not keeping up with his peers at all. And the teachers, teachers are doing the best that they can. It's more of the administration that needs to step up to even help these teachers and these kids. So I decided to... Um, moved to Newtown, fell in love with the town, uh, realized that they, they would give Lyle a one-on-one -on -one aid. Unfortunately, we couldn't sell the house. So I, we moved into an apartment and I worked at Reed School and they went to, uh, to Hawley School, both him and his sister, um, which he had such a great um, ed, uh, special ed teacher, uh, Mary Walsh, which I will never forget. She advocated oh. for him tremendously. Oh. Uh, no, it was it was the best experience. So I'll never forget her. And there are many of teachers that do that. It's unfortunate um, that autism is a mental disorder. It's not a learning disability. So the teachers are educated in special ed, which is for learning disabilities. Although autism comes with several, Lyle, uh, a disorder comes with several learning disabilities. So but the foundation of the mental disorder is not being addressed. Um, and that's, I think, where we need to change the school systems um, and helping these kids. There's many classes that are not appropriate. We're not appropriate for Lyle in our experience. Um, there's a lot of gaps that what happens when they waste that time, they get pushed through the system. And then when they transition out, they don't have job skills. Uh, little, maybe a, some social skills. He's social. He's very social because his mother's very social. Um, <laughs> I pushed him to be social. Uh, but that's what happened. So he ate, he transitioned out into the, um, into the real world and was left in his room. This new program, this is brand new. It's a pilot program through the state of Connecticut. And in our state of Connecticut, if your IQ is 70 to 80, you don't receive any services through DDS, which is the Department of 
Department of Developmental Services. If you don't, if you don't receive services through them, you don't get Social Security. That is, that is the key to get services through the state. And in our state, your IQ has to be 69 and below. Well, Lyle's is 74, so they don't recognize his mental disorder. It's changing now as I watch that after nine years. I've been watching it, obviously, because I've been advocating for Lyle, um, but we're still not there. This uh, pilot program is, is heaven sent. He's doing extremely well because he's with his mental, mental abilities group. Like they're at the same level. And in our school system, I just want to track back. What they do is they they heard, I, I said this to the superintendent, they heard the special ed kids like cows. They group them all together. So they would place him with the lower functioning kids, which would cause him such anxiety because all he wanted to do was be typical. But he couldn't because he was with this group and then they would you know, call him names and stuff. Bullying happens everywhere. Um, but with him, he doesn't forget it. And he, he, he holds on to that. Um, I think we all do, don't we? I mean, bullying is incredibly painful. <laughs> and, and we remember, even if, even if we weren't the bullies, if we were bystanders. Right, right. I agree. I agree. You, know what struck so me, you know what struck me about talking with Lyle was that when I said, what do you want? And he's now a young adult. He wants what everybody else wants. And right. that is uh, independent living someone to love him and a steady job it's like wow that is that is not too much to ask no no you're absolutely right um it's it's unfortunate society and i don't like using this phrase but it's the only way to make people understand they just assume that these kids are retarded it cannot stand that they have no clue on what these kids are capable of doing they just again, put them all together in this one group. And that is completely wrong with this mental disorder because these kids are more capable than you'll, than you know, if they have this niche and they could figure it out. He's like a genius in Pokemon. He could break the whole thing down. He could probably work for Pokemon. Um, but like he said, he was lost in all those other classes that he should have never been in, which made him feel that he was stupid. Um, it didn't give him the self-esteem that he needed to have confidence. And that's what he lacks as well. This pilot program that came up is, it was God sent. He's eager to go to work. He gets his chicken nuggets ready. He's like, I need my $2 for my bus ride. I'm fortunate for that. Cause I'm a single mother working a full-time job. I cannot drive him. I do. I can't, I have to go to work. I mean, that's um, so, why you said he came from school and then he was stuck in his room because you right. get up every morning and you go to work all day and you don't have a choice. Right. And so does his sister. Sister can no longer take care of him when I'm not around because she has two jobs and she has a personal life. So um, those days with her help are done. And I can't do anything because I'm working full time. Um, social life, I take him out. Like yeah. just so he's not alone. Um, and I, I'll say, let's go on date night. You're not my, you're not my date. <laughs> but I, I'm your mother. Just come out with me. So my, I don't have a social life because it has to all focus around him um, in order to make him confident, successful, independent, and um, in our state. So you know, the other thing he said, Judy, was, um, which was really um, poignant to me, that that everyone treated him 
like he was uh, uh, not intelligent. Right. Because yeah, they that's talk to him like he was a baby. Yep. Yeah. It's enabling. It's, 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 we need to change society's perception of these children on the spectrum because they are very smart. And it's condescending when they treat them like they're, they're not capable because it does not give them the confidence. Um, and I'm hoping that my, my advocating for Lyle will change that in society. And um, there's many, there's, there's many, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands in this state of the, uh, on the spectrum that are falling through the cracks. If the state works with the school systems, they know the red flag kids. They know the ones that are not going to college. Make sure that these kids are not sitting in your, their rooms. Make sure that the state gets involved. It's not just other organizations. It should be the state. It's a mental disorder. Um, and that's where my frustration lies. Uh, we really need to take care of our own people with a mental disorder they didn't ask to, to have. They didn't do anything to have it. I didn't, I didn't do anything to have a child with autism. It was the, the hand that I was drawn. Um, and then, you know, to, to have the state just ignore it is very frustrating for me. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, and so do you think that when Lyle went through the school system that uh, you were you were given the help that you needed? Because I remember we were talking before this and you said that um, just initially uh, that the school system wanted to be the ones to test Lyle and that you kind of went out of your way to have him tested by Yale. You wanted independent doctors to be involved instead of those hired by the school system, which I thought was interesting. Well, because you know what my theory is, I always like to go to whatever, whoever I'm dealing with, I like to go to the best of the best. Yale New Haven's child study is the best. Um, you can't even get in now. It's like a three-year wait. Oh, wow. Um, and when oh, you're wow. dealing with the school, you got to remember, these doctors are getting paid by the school. So I didn't want, I didn't want any... T's not crossed and no ties, uh, no eyes not dotted. So I went privately, and that's where I feel more comfortable with my son. Uh, is to make sure, and it came from Yale. You can't, you can't argue it. it there are doctors from Yale that are specifically saying this. Um, it's always, it's just always the PPTs constantly. Where is he? He's falling behind. Why is he falling behind? That I don't miss them at all. Um, but and people are getting advocates. You have to pay for advocates. Um, it shouldn't be like that. It just, it shouldn't be such a battle. And like I said, teachers are, their hands are tied because it, it comes from the administration that needs to start providing the services to help these teachers educate these kids that are placed in these classes that maybe some are not capable of being in the schools. Um, outplacement. That's another fight because you're talking about private schools that are $90,000 a year that the school system would have to pay. I know the budget in this town. I know the school's budget. So he, um, when I was going through the divorce, our divorce, I actually, the school system did say, do you want him outplaced? And I said, well, I can't abandon him now one, now that we're getting a divorce. Like that's another form of abandonment. Not now it was it was late too. It was late in so the when game. When you say when you say outplaced, you mean like uh, not living at home. You mean right. literally yeah, sent away, sent away, and you know that would be another abandonment for him. I, I so I didn't do it. 
Right. Um, so I think, you know, with the school systems, that they need to start teaching these children that are on the spectrum life skills starting in kindergarten, starting in first grade, social skills, all of that immediately. Um, you, five years old, maybe you can tell, maybe you can't. Lyle was behind at five years old. Like he, it was, it was like um, the group, but he wasn't, he was with the group, but he wasn't with the group. He was just following what they were doing. He wasn't doing it independently. Um, and then later on, you noticed it, but he was still young. So you were like, maybe, maybe not. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's evident. So that's why it's very important to get them evaluated early um, and prepare that maybe one day he'll be living with you forever. And that's, that's where I step in to say, no, these kids should not be living with their parents. They're capable of moving forward, get them a job. This La Quinta is huge. If other ho hotels jump on this, these kids won't be sitting in the rooms. Then let's get them housing. Um, no different than, you know, housing we have for seniors, housing, you know, condos that we have for, for single people. Um, we can do it and they're, they're working so they can give back to society. Uh, we just need to give them the opportunity. And that's where I think the state, I believe, should be stepping in and not organizations um, to help these, these young adults succeed in, into society. You know, when, when we go back into uh, into the school system and he talked about um, he talked about sadness, he talked about being sad and how uh, the kids weren't kind to him. And uh, gosh, he gave one example, one one terrible example of bullying, like the worst of the worst. And um, I, I know that you know, that's kind of like an age old problem. And I mean, I, I choose love is tackling it by teaching kids how to have compassion, how to practice right. compassion, um, how to treat another human being. Um, and I, and I wish that I wish that all schools had that because it's just painful for me to to hear that um, he he Lyle and, and and other kids like him, all kids deserve to come to school to feel safe and to to uh, to learn and to have a have a good time. I mean, that's so important. And uh, and, you know, there can be catastrophic outcomes if, if that is not the case, you know, and mm -hmm. um, so uh, so if you have parents that are listening because they have kids with mental disorders and or disabilities, right. what kind of advice would you give them to navigate their school system? I, I love the view of like really the teachers being in the trenches with you. Um, and uh, so, so what advice would you give them to navigate in the best way? What are some of the things that you learned um, that you wish that you had known uh, uh, you know, give us, give us a little advice from somebody who has been there. Hmm. Wish I would have known. <laughs> There's so many things. Um, are we going to be here all night? <laughs> yeah, we could be. We could be. You might have to cover. Right. Um, I think the most important was I, I had enough common sense to get a private evaluation done on my own. 
I think mm -hmm. that was very in, in very early on um, because it, when you're sitting in a PPT, they can't argue with a doctor's recommendation because it's a doctor's recommendation. They're teachers. They're not doctors. Right. So and then, um, you know, you get that autism box checked off to make sure he's getting whatever services that your school system is giving that your child gets those services. Um, I think uh, as he got older, he did not want the one-on-one -on -one aid. It made him feel less than. So we have to change that where he has, these ch children have confidence and they're not babysat, um, that they can do it independently because the frustration was daily was daily texting and I'm at work. So I think that was a big piece. Um, and teaching them something that they're good at. You know, like he said, he didn't, those classes were, did not make him feel good. He loved the cooking. Well, we could have done that in middle school and then made him feel better, something to look forward to. Um, just a positive, positive um, a curriculum. I personally think the curriculum should be um, completely changed for these kids because there's classes that are not appropriate and we can change them to life skills, um, debit cards, something basic where we know, because he's economics, uh, no. Algebra, no. You know, I mean, the these classes were the he listed, I would have problems with right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So those are the, those we need to wipe if I could do it for my son personally, my experience, I would wipe, I would go right through it and go, nope, nope, nope. Let's add washing clothes. Let's add dishwasher, you know, add driving. He has seizures, so he can't drive, but maybe he could have, you know, who knows? It's, it's, it's a mother's fear as well. Um, how to date, how to socialize, like, there were, I would race that whole curriculum for my child on the spectrum. And I, I feel, I feel that if, if that would happen, these kids have a better chance of being independent in society. It starts from the schools. It absolutely starts with the schools. I, I never really understood why they took out home ec because yeah. everybody, yeah, so did you I. And, I definitely did, and uh, and it was fun, and those are skills that you're going to use. Um, that's uh, that's JT one of JT's main complaints now with going to college. It's like I'm I you know he breezed through all of his political science courses within the first year, and those were his prerequisites for his major. And now he's looking at a couple of years, and it's like, well, what do I fill in here that I don't care about that much, but I have to take because I have to get so many credits. And it's like, shouldn't we be more productive with the precious time that we have and, and not just fill in the gaps, but right. there's so much that we could be teaching and learning and 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 bottom line is social skills. I mean, I mean, especially for somebody on the spectrum that that has difficulty connecting anyway and right. and you can teach social skills i mean that's got to be number one and you can start teaching those in preschool and right. uh, you know in, in uh in daycare <laughs> and i yeah. think that um that's that's so important and that's just a focus that we have to get and i i see 
that we're trying. I don't really know what what the resistance is, or I guess more why there is any resistance whatsoever, because the more we can connect and get along, uh, the better we'll be able to uh, flourish. And adapt to society, absolutely, absolutely. Autism has come a long way and there's, you're hearing more of it. Um, People are advocating, you you see it more. People are kind for the most part, but the ones that they're not educated, they they don't understand it, or they're scared of something they don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. Be kind. Mm-hmm. We practice it here. Let's you know we preach it here. Let's practice it here. Everybody's different, and there's no such thing as normal. It does not exist. Right. I'm sorry. Everybody has something good to give. Look past their little quirks because nobody's perfect in this world. It does not exist. It just doesn't. So that's my frustration. Um, Give somebody a chance. Yeah, I love that. You know, I always say we're the same in the want and need to love and be loved. I mean, we're, we're human beings. We all feel pain. We have feelings that get hurt. And, uh, and, and so we have more alike than we have differences. And that has to be taught that awareness has to oh, yeah. happen. Uh, we we see, unfortunately, what happens when it's not, and we're we're seeing it actually played out in the Ukraine. We have front row seats to the worst of humanity. Let's give mm-hmm. us front row seats to the best of humanity because we can actually teach that. Right. Well, and this is another big piece with um, Lyle on being on the spectrum. Social skills is not something that. You know, it comes natural for me and you and JT and Sophia. It came because they were in the classroom. Social skills are need to be taught to him. Yes. I would have to teach him emotions through pictures when he was a ba- when he was five. Smile, happy, sad. He didn't get any of that. I asked him, "Do you have empathy? Do you feel what is empathy? Like that? All of that stuff has to be taught. Empathy means if I fell, would you feel sad? Or if I got hurt? Um, and he's like, and he has to think about it. So it's it's not something that comes natural to my son. All of these feelings um, that have to be taught, and he doesn't process emotions like we do. Like uh, two two friends unfriended him that he was friends with. Friend. He came downstairs crying. He's 23, like devastated. Like he can't process being rejected or um, hurt. It it just hurts him 20 times worse than us with with his mental disorder. So, and he he fixates on the negative, like, um, and that's what's frustrating where I have to say, all right, so he's going backwards. He's fixating on he's has no hope i take him to quasi park we have a blast and then it goes away so it's deterring the negative into the positive but that's what i have to do as his mother and 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 that's what my job is Uh, and it works but you have to know your child in order to stop the um depression i don't know depression frustration um and it, these are the day-to-day things that I deal with. What's going on today emotionally? Where are you? 
whereas they don't push them because he can have a meltdown. They still have meltdowns when they're 23. When they're five, it's not so hard. You just take them out of the situation, give them a bottle. When he's 23, the behavior is, um, is, can, can get very tough, very um, explosive to say. Uh, and he's 23 and he's five, nine and close to 175 pounds. So, and I'm his only caretaker. Um, or his punching board because I'm the only one he could take things out on if he's mad because I'm the only one he has or his sister. Um, so that's the other side of, of, of it. But if he's productive in society and he's not sitting in his room fixating on the negative, then he's happy, which anybody would be. I don't know who can sit in a room day after day and and, and not melt down. I mean, you have no purpose, you have no hope. So what, what else is there? Um, so this yeah, is you big. Have, this, have a purpose. And, and they, and he didn't, you know, they, they talked about COVID. Listen, I don't want to hear about COVID. There was nothing in place for him when he aged out of the system, nothing. And I worked with the state, so I know exactly what we're providing. A list, and I had to go on TV to explain this, a list, you put my son on a list and there's, there's like a four year, five, 10 year waiting list. I think that it was, it was just outrageous. So right now today, I actually did receive word that they're, they want the parents of the ch children on the spectrum to contact the governor to say open more slots for the autism waiver because this, this waiver is for kids specifically from 70 to 80 um, with uh, that are on spectrum to uh, get services. Okay, that's IQ not 70 to housing. 80. Housing is not, not one of them, but they would get a training coach. They'd get the uh, insurance the SNAP card, which is food, um, all the things that 69 and below would receive. But housing, that's another problem that we need to really address in our state for these kids. And and then the housing, would they would have to be supervised to a certain extent. But once they have it, then they're fine. They can live independently. We just need, we need that middle ground. Southbury Training School, perfect place, perfect place. I did a tour there. Um, it's, it's a great village where they can have housing and then they could go to work and then they have friends because they're all on the same level. Um, they could have, they could have uh, a purpose and hope for a positive future, an independent future wh where his mother's not taking him to the movies. He's with his friends. So um, those are my visions. Uh, unfortunately, it costs a lot of money and that's where like everything else, the roadblocks come. So I advocate for him and just hope one day that this all changes. So Southbury Training School is closed, correct? It's closed. Okay, because you were saying that that was a good alternative, except it's closed and the people that are there are just aging out. And right. so they're, you know, so because our state is, uh, close to being bankrupt. We don't have a lot of money. And so money is always the issue. So mm -hmm. if I think that if we go back to the schooling, um, I remember being interviewed by a past president of Autism Speaks. 
And he was asking me all about the resources that Choose Love provides. And he was saying, okay, well, my son is on the spectrum. So how do you know how much of this that he could uh, take in and learn? And I said, you know, I, I, this was nine years ago. I don't know that much about autism, but I do know that every other child in the class, including the educators, would take in a lot and it would completely change the culture and climate of the classroom as well as the school. And, uh, and I still maintain that. So then if we could have done that, Lyle could have felt comfortable. And then if we could have replaced some of the classes that, as he said, he's just sitting there looking at the paper for 30 minutes. He has absolutely no idea. He said, do you want me to put numbers? Do you want me to put letters? I don't even know what you want. Um, if we could switch out those classes with classes that could teach him social skills, which doesn't seem too, too out of the um, realm of reality. And then of course, also social, social and emotional skills. You know, you talked about how now at 23 years old, he has uh, violent outbursts. And um, I mean, and, and you were saying, well, he doesn't have these skills and tools. Well, we have to learn them too, by the way. And so we're, we're really no different than Lyle in that regard. We have to learn relationship skills. We have to learn how to manage our emotions. Uh, and, and for Lyle, it's, maybe more difficult. He doesn't have uh, the, the natural capacity for empathy, but that is also something that you can teach. I mean, look, you're, you're showing him pictures of faces and you're, you're teaching him emotions. That's something uh, clearly that, uh, that we need to focus on. And then, you know, if that had happened, there's a possibility that he could be independent um, right now if there was uh, housing available. And, uh, but as you said, you know, he has the capacity for earn, earning a living. He is right now. And, and, and that makes you feel good. He wants to be out and about. What, are, what did he want? When I asked him what he wanted, he wanted someone to love him. <laughs> he wanted a, a place to live independently and he wanted to be productive. Wow, that's exactly what everyone wants. And it right. doesn't seem like too tall in order. And I feel like we can figure that out. <laughs> I, think, I think we can too. It, it just goes back to stating that he, he wants to be like everyone else. And society just looks at him like, no, you're not capable. And that's, it's not the case. And I need to go back to the schools as well. This, it's a state mandated curriculum. So the state has to implement this. It's not the school. This is all the schools. It's not the school. Let's let's just change this and that. The state has to change the mandated curriculum. So that's why he was pushed to go to these classes. It was state mandated to do it. Um, so that and and that's that's we need to change that. I believe if we could do all these pieces, and I know it's a tall order <laughs> from me, I think we're capable of doing it. I, I think that. Um especially for uh, kids like Lyle, that the state could catch up and figure out how to best provide an education. And it actually would be in their best interest because if you could get someone 
who is going to be self-sufficient or, or being able to give back, that's a lot better from a state perspective than somebody that they have to take care of. Right, right. And that's another thing with um, Lyle is if something happens to me, who's going to take care of him? Where's he going to go? His, it's not his sister's responsibility. So that's another fear that I have because if he, if he doesn't have me, he has nobody. So um, that's another thing we need to look into uh, with our state. Yeah, absolutely. Judy, what do you do to take care of yourself? Because this is a lot for you. You're a single mom with a full-time job. You have a special needs son at home. Uh, that's going to be at home. And, and so how do you, how do you keep your head above water? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Uh, somebody asked me once, what do you do for fun? And I honestly, I couldn't answer it. I was just like, huh? I don't even think about myself. Um, I'm working on that. I'm working on spending more time exercising, uh, hanging out with my girlfriends other than that I really don't have much time I don't um I can't just you know go on vacation and leave Lyle uh Sophia can't watch her she she has her own life so um I it's I let the I let the police department know if I go away for two nights. Sophia knows I'll have a friend just check up on him, and he's capable. But you just don't know. So um, yeah, my life is not my life. It's it pretty much is. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I know that I know that a lot of people that are listening are are. Definitely, we talked about empathy, empathizing with you and having compassion for you. Some of them may be even in the same position. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I wanted to have this conversation with you because we need to have it. And we need to get the awareness out there of the changes that need to be made because we can make them. And, uh, and, and then just do it so that um, we can have uh, less suffering and and more um, equanimity and and peace and and even even happiness and and joy in our lives. Um, that's what I call choosing love. And uh, so I just want to thank you, Judy, so much for being so open and vulnerable with us. And you know that we uh, we we love and appreciate you. And um, you know I'll I'll try my best to do what I can as well. And I know people that are listening uh, are are going to be on board and hopefully um, hopefully facilitating positive change where they live as well. Thank you so much, Scarlett, for having me. Adore you. And uh, let's hope that, you know, autism is no longer ignored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, hey, oh. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let it in. 
listening to the Choose Love Podcast. Our positive, empowering messaging is reaching millions of people all over the planet. Join the worldwide movement to choose love. Our programming is in over 10,000 schools, homes, and communities across the country, in every state, and over 112 countries and counting. We are giving individuals of all ages the essential life skills they need to flourish. You can be part of the solution, too. We have sponsorship opportunities available that help support us and enable you to share in helping create a safer, more peaceful, and loving world. Contact me on our website, ChooseLoveMovement.org.